This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to the Bottom Line, KCLR's programme for and about business every Saturday morning. I'm John Purcell and I'm with you for the next 25 minutes or so. We'll be hearing about Kilkenny's finest cartoon saloon, Carlow Chamber. We'll be hearing about an invitation they're extending to businesses to join them on a trade mission to the Netherlands. We'll be talking to an executive and leadership development coach. All that between now and 9.30 or so. But first, a rather big business story in Kilkenny during the week. In 2012, Kilkenny County Council acquired the old Smithick site in the centre of Kilkenny City following the closure of the Smithick's brewing operation, which had been operational in Kilkenny for 300 years plus. It's been an issue of huge concern, questions and debate, people wondering what's going to happen this fantastically huge site in the centre of Kilkenny City. Well, some time ago, Kilkenny County Council entered into a 50-50 partnership with the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund and together they established the Kilkenny Abbey Quarter Development Limited, a company to develop the building plots and this uh, entity has responsibility for the commercial development of the Abbey Brewery site. Uh, And uh, on Thursday, Minister Leo Varadkar and uh, Minister for Housing uh, Murphy uh, came to Kilkenny and there was quite a crowd of people there to launch this 100 million investment or the the start of the 100 million investment which will see the development, the redevelopment of the former home of Smithick's Brewery in the heart of Kilkenny City. So I caught up with the chief executive of the um, Kilkenny Abbey Quarter Development Limited. He's a man called Jason Clerken and I asked him to explain in more detail what Kilkenny Abbey Quarter Development Partnership Company is all about. Uh, the Abbey Quarter is a joint venture between Kilkenny County Council and the National Treasury Management Agency uh, through the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund. It's a 50-50 partnership and uh, both parties, uh, the council put in the land and the NTMA put in the funding and they're also providing debt funding for phase one of the project. And today's a very significant day. Can you explain briefly what it is and what investment is involved? Yes, of course it is. I mean, it's been a long time in the making and we're delighted that we've appointed Maiden Construction to start on phase one development, which is the rehab of the brew house into uh, modern office accommodation. There's about a 15 million investment in that project and it's really the start of a 10-year plan. And what's the capacity in terms of seats and potential number of jobs that the brew house could accommodate? Uh, the brew house as an office building, which is what it will be, is capable of being multi-let or single-let. And when it's full, it, it's capable of housing about 350 people, depending on the end user. I think, and overall terms, I think when the project is finished, we could expect to see up to 2,000 people living and working on this site. And what's the time frame for this phase one uh, completion? And when could people hope to see people actually in and working in that 500 capacity location you're talking about? Yeah, phase one uh, is, uh, is 12 months to fit 10 and fit out so by august september of next year that building along with the immediate around the public realm will be finished and we'd like to think that we'll have some of the tenants in there and and uh, working in that space and that work is currently underway absolutely yeah it's underway and uh, yeah, I, as you probably would have uh, seen today there's some demolitions already commenced and we're well underway on that project yeah this is phase one what are the other phases to follow and have you any 
kind of outline even at this stage? Yeah, in, in broad terms, yeah. There's ultimately seven plots uh, here, and uh, which makes up about 40% of the land. We've loosely broken that down into three main phases. Uh, phase one is the brew house and the library, which the council are doing. And then phase two is a hotel uh, down towards the what's known as the Dunstores car park end by the water, and then an educational facility, because we're hoping to do a third-level uh, university campus here in Kilkenny. And then phase three is going to be a combination of further offices and residential accommodation. And what kind of time frame are we talking about for those phases? Uh, overall about 10 years from end to end uh, when you think about the phases it takes about uh, 12 months to get through planning another 18 months through uh, construction and we're staggering the phases as we're rolling the funding going forward so I think practically it's a 10 year plan. In his speeches earlier the Coherlock of the council chap clear spoke about the understandable impatience of the public but this phase now underway do you think people are going to see things moving a lot quicker yeah very quickly now i think uh yeah i i can sympathize why people would be complaining about or concerned about the time it's taken but uh, a lot of work goes on on the ground and i think this is the manifestation of all of that work now and we're going to see a lot of progress from here so i think the public will be very happy with what they see going forward and a lot of organizations uh, businesses national and local involved in this um yeah, um, there are insofar as we engage a lot with the public uh, in terms of uh, business and the type of users we have here. Of course, we haven't secured any tenants yet, but we're very excited about the fact that we have a lot of interest in the building. So we look forward to working with the local community going forward. And who do you work with in terms of getting tenants for the building? Is it an IDA, Enterprise Ireland, Council, a mixture of the whole lot? Yeah, it's a mixture of a lot. We have uh, agents appointed on at Lisney's in Dublin and they have a national brief and they are uh, helping us, introducing us to, I suppose, national, international clients. And then Locally, we also work quite closely with the IDA and Enterprise Ireland and anybody else that wants to talk to us about tenants in the building. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.omf.ie. Colette Byrne, uh, Kilkenny County Manager. A very positive day for business in Kilkenny with the launch of the Abbey Quarter Development Phase 1. What does it mean for Kilkenny in your view? It's a very significant development, I think, for Kilkenny. It's a long time in the making. I suppose seven years since the site was actually, the council made the decision to purchase the site. Um, and a lot of work has happened over those seven years. While people wouldn't have seen physical work on the site and we've had no new offices, etc. But a lot of planning, a lot of demolition, a lot of reports, etc. That has allowed us to get to where we are today. And I suppose more importantly, all of that groundwork is the foundation for facilitating us now to move a little bit quicker for the next phases. So we should see, the public should see an awful lot happening on phase one of this in the next 18 months, which is very significant, I think, because effectively by September 2020, you will see all of the public realm, which will take you, people will be familiar enough with the Smithwick's experience. So when you go down that lovely lane, Horsebarrick Lane, the new public realm will take you all down along there in front of the brew house and back out in front of the Mayfair building. And the square at the back of the brew house will be done and in the two buildings. Um, the brew house itself, which will be let on commercial terms, and then the library, which is a very significant development as well. And then on the other side of the site, um, the site will really open up because the Riverside Park should be done by next summer. And that will be a lovely development, which will see the two tea houses that people just pass by at the moment, don't really pass too much remark on them. But if we can get those back into use, and people mightn't quite understand they're two 19th century buildings, they're small little buildings, they're part and part of the history of Kilkenny. So it will be good to find 
a new use for those buildings and I suppose to bring life down along the riverside whether it's a coffee shop, an ice cream parlour, whatever it might be um, but it would add to I suppose the enjoyment of people using the riverside walk. So phase one was launched today and we heard that the concentration on that is the old brew house and the creation of office space for perhaps up to 500 people. Earlier in your remarks, you kind of outlined a very detailed and vibrant vision vision for the quarter as a whole. Can you just share that with us again? Yeah, no, I suppose the plan and the master plan that was done certainly looks at what's called mixed-use development. So it won't just be all offices. It will be a mix of residential. It'll be a mix of education facilities. And we certainly would hope, with the Technological University advancing, that we will see a campus of the Technological University on the Abbey Quarter. That would be, in my view, a game-changer for Kilkenny. If we got a campus with a 1,000 students who would be around the city, bring life, I think... Most of us would look with a bit of envy to places like Galway, where good student population. We're not going to have a full university here. We're not big enough. We have a population of 25,000 in Kilkenny City, but certainly a campus of Kilkenny in a faculty that would build on our strengths, to me, would be very appropriate. And then I suppose you will have lots of public spaces, squares, the Riverside Walk, the two-acre park, two-and-a-half-acre park around the Abbey. And I suppose I'm lucky because I've had the privilege of seeing having first sight of what that's starting to shape up like. And I think people will can only but be impressed when we go to planning on that later in the year. Um, it really will allow people in around the Abbey. It'll showcase the area. It'll show the extent of what the Abbey was originally. But it will also act as a very significant backdrop to outdoor entertainment. Hopefully it'll be a place where we might be able to have, able to hold small concerts and stuff. And I suppose build on Kilkenny's excellent reputation for festivals. An exciting vision, all of course depending on funding. Phase one uh, has seen Kilkenny County Council enter into partnership with the NTMA. I think it's the first uh, local authority to do that. Um, Will that form a key part of funding this project into the future and how confident are you that that can be achieved? Yeah, I suppose there are two very distinct elements to what's happening in the Abbey Quarter. The partnership with the NTMA is about developing the buildings so the brew house is one of those buildings and then the future builds will be part of the NTMA and the Abbey Quarter Partnership and Kilkenny County Council. All of the public realm works are actually the responsibility of Kilkenny County Council and that's where the announcement today was, and I suppose the reason Taoiseach and Minister Murphy were there was around the fact that Kilkenny have attracted about €6 million Euro from the urban development fund at national level, the Urban Regeneration Fund. Um, There's two billion available in that fund at national level over the next 10 years. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Now, earlier in the week, I was mooching around on LinkedIn and I came across a very interesting person who is a professionally qualified leadership coach and trainer who specialises in corporate wellness and also uh, has developed something called the Excited Entrepreneur Philosophy. And using LinkedIn, I made contact with the person in question. It's Dominica Stampa, and I'm delighted that she joins me in studio. Good morning, Dominica. Good morning, John. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's uh, You're very welcome. Now, um, tell us a bit about yourself. You have an unusual take on coaching and corporate training. 
Uh, yes, so I specialize in corporate and entrepreneur wellness and I help others to improve their mental toughness, so improve their resilience, um, stimulate both their personal and business growth and also help them develop a greater balance in life. So that's my biggest passion. Yeah, now it sounds like a, a soft skill, as they'd say, mm-hmm. but I would imagine in today's business environment, toughness, resilience and the ability to bounce back is very important. Where, where do you see that fitting in? Uh, it is very important because... Um, And it's important both for staff and managers because um, I truly believe that the way we deal with stress and difficult people um, and the adversities in life can hugely impact on our relationships with other people. The way we um, the way we deal with stress uh, also. It really impacts customer service and even motivation and frequency of sick leaves within the company. So it is hugely important to to teach and to um, to help develop resilient skills. Yeah, and uh, you've developed something called the Excited Entrepreneur philosophy. Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yes. So I've created the Excited Entrepreneur philosophy to promote growth mindset, resilience, and balance, because I truly believe that growth mindset and the mindset can have a profound effect on your life and in fact a psychologist Carol Dweck was the first one who mentioned two different types of mindset fixed mindset and growth mindset and just to give you an example a person with a fixed mindset avoid challenges and give up easily and also feel threatened by the success of other people and on the other hand a person with a growth mindset embrace challenges and learn from criticism and also feel inspired um, in the success from the success of other people. And um, I can give you the example. Um, Michael Jordan wasn't a natural, but he was one of the hardest working athletes in the history of this sport. This is the famous basketball player. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it is well known that Jordan was uh, cut from the high school team. He wasn't recruited by the college he wanted to play for. And also he wasn't drafted by the first two NBA teams. I think that when we think of famous and successful people, we often have this perception that it came easily, but it is often the case of their growth mindset. And when Jordan was cut from the high school team, he was devastated, but he didn't give up on his dreams. And instead he was waking at 6 a.m. every morning to practice for three hours before school. And that's how he became successful just with the hard work and perseverance. And so you believe that can be applied in a business setting as well, whether you're starting or managing a business? Yes, absolutely. So the perseverance is very important and also following your goals and being uh, self-disciplined. I think it's a it's a it's very important for success in business. Yeah, you mentioned um, uh, the fact that Michael Jordan could learn and practice and so on. Is there a belief in many entrepreneurs? Do you think that like entrepreneurs are born, not made, but you believe that you can actually make yourself into an entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm meeting loads of entrepreneurs, either through networking or working with entrepreneurs. And I probably met only two people over the years that I felt they're natural. For the rest of the people, it's something we need to learn and develop. Uh, and even looking at my family background, my father was an entrepreneur, my grandmother, she's an entrepreneur. And I was looking at them growing up, but I still didn't feel like that'll be my path. Um, and then just growing and developing myself, it kind of came naturally in a way, but it was just that I didn't feel like I fit to any 
particular job that I was doing and I just felt there's more but it's I guess it comes to developing yourself and learning and growing and that's when you feel um, the calling yeah, for yeah. entrepreneur. So uh, what's the key to resilience? We hear a lot about resilience but what, what is the key thing? Is it flexibility? Is it toughness? What, are they, what is it? Um, I guess there's a few things in common. If we look at resilient people they are often see a bigger purpose. Even if something bad happens to them, they always look at the bigger picture and they don't take it personally. They think it's not a failure, it's a lesson. Uh, and I would rarely hear resilient people speaking about past as if mistakes. It's always a lesson, it's always a growing experience. Um, they always, almost, uh, sorry, they uh, typically have a positive outlook on life and they're very perseverant and they're so not giving up easily yeah can a can a positive outlook be learned if you're a bit of a pessimist can you actually develop skills to become more positive uh yes i think so because mindset is a set of beliefs and beliefs can be changed so it is our choice um if we're stuck in a fixed mindset or growth mindset and i think we should challenge ourselves and um and strive to be more um, perseverant and to have that growth mindset. So how do you apply all this in workshops then? It, it all sounds great, positivity, resilience and, and all that sort of stuff. But having a workshop about it, people would be going, well, how does that work? Yes. So uh, my corporate in-house training um, in the area of resilience and mental toughness is delivered within three panels. In the first panel, I teach communication skills, which includes assertiveness skills and dealing with difficult people. I think it's very important for people in working in customer service or any um, managerial roles as well. Uh, also, in the second panel, I teach confidence and self-esteem. And the third panel is about growth mindset, so how we can develop growth mindset. Uh, and motivation. And you have two workshops coming up in this area, uh, a creative Mandela workshop in Butler House and also an entrepreneur's retreat. Very briefly, can you tell us about those? Yes. So entrepreneur's retreat um, will take place on Sunday, 8th of September in Kilkey Castle in County Kildare, and it's suitable for small, medium and large business owners. And during the workshops, entrepreneurs will receive a specially designed coaching workbook just to help them reflect on their private lives and businesses. And I'll also help them um, define new strategies and action plans. Okay. So uh, tell us, Dominica, how can people find out more about you, your business and the services you offer? Okay. So my main website, it's dominicastoppa.com. Um, if they want to learn more about creative workshops, the website is mandala.ie. And for The Excited Entrepreneur, it's theexcitedentrepreneur.com. Theexcitedentrepreneur.com. Great. Dominica, thank you very much. That's Dominica Stampa, who's uh, an executive and leadership coach and trainer running some courses in this area. Thank you so much. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.
Now, at the top of the programme, I mentioned Cartoon Saloon, Kilkenny's finest there in animation, a company which has grown throughout its creative life from its base in Kilkenny. They've scaled heights and won awards all over the world, including three Oscar nominations for their animation. They're entered into a partnership with Lighthouse Cinema, and they have big plans to grow employment in the area. To this end, a number of weeks ago, they hosted upwards of 300 uh, people from all around around Ireland and all around the world interested in working with Lighthouse Cinema and indeed with Cartoon Saloon. I thought this was an amazing story. Um, Cartoon Saloon, so well known. What a great company. So Edwina Grace went along to find out more. Secret of Kells, the film that brought Cartoon Saloon their first of four Oscar nominations. They've come a long way since and with so many new projects on board, they've held an open day to entice more animators from across the globe to move to Kilkenny to work with them and Lighthouse Studios. Puffin Rock is also revered across the world, having been translated into close to 30 different languages. We've been chatting with Desiree Mead to find out what it's like to work with such a globally known company in a local setting. It's been a dream, I suppose, for everybody to, to be able to do projects like this, but to be able to do something that's um, everybody's own um, projects is fantastic. And I, I don't think anybody has seen it getting as big as it has, and it's still going to continue to grow, which is, is fantastic. And obviously with the global audience there, you have the Oscar nominations, you're multi-award winning in other regards and uh, your work can be seen Netflix, various channels across the world in so many different languages too. Yeah, um, Puff and Rock is a great example of that. It's kind of been shown all over the world and I think it's been translated into about 26 or 27 different languages and the breadwinner as well, as well as Song of the Sea and Secret Kills. But we also try to make sure that they're all translated into Irish as well so for the local audience as well as the people that have you know, spread their wings and gone worldwide. So it's a big market. And what it's done for Kilkenny, I mean, you've really opened up this small little city to that global audience too. Yeah, we get a lot of visitors from all over the world coming and asking if they can get through the doors and we try our best to accommodate as many people as possible but it's, it's fantastic to be able to even go um, on holidays even and then people tell you, you tell them where you work and they're like, oh my God, I love that and it's just fantastic. And speaking of that, it sounds like such a fun place to work in. Whenever we talk to people from Cartoon Saloon, they always seem to be smiling. Yeah, that's because the management are standing beside us making sure we are. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it is. It's brilliant. Everybody kind of gives back and there's lots of training that goes on and we make sure that everybody is catered for and the last thing we want is somebody coming in and they're unhappy. So the doors are always open to have a chat. And it's very friendly that way. And Kilkenny as, as a hub for the business, how do you find it? It's great. Everybody in Kilkenny is so supportive of everything that we do and it's really easy to kind of once people come down here and find out what Kilkenny is all about it's very easy to keep them here it's got a, a lovely kind of small city vibe but it has a, so much going on there's so many festivals there's so much I don't even have to say like how brilliant it is but when people come here they just love it and they don't want to leave and I just find the businesses the people are so lovely to everybody that works here it's fantastic and I know the impact that you guys have had on Kilkenny, I, I hear it mentioned very often at the meetings of Kilkenny County Council where they're saying we need more bike spaces because the crew cartoon saloon like to cycle. I've heard restaurants say we need more vegetarian options because we've multi uh, 
diets uh, among the staff at Cartoon Saloon and you guys even spawned uh, a festival, Kilkenny Animated. Yeah, the first one was there last year for that and it's going to be on again the first weekend in October, which is great because it brings people from all over the, the world for animation specifically. Again, like you were saying, it, we have a lot of vegans, vegetarians and, and environmentalists working here, so it's really nice to be able to expand that outside the company as well. And at the moment, roughly how many people are working? I know it changes depending on the products, but, but what would the core group be? In Cartoon Saloon, I think it's about 140 and in Lighthouse Studios, I think they're up to 90 people at the moment. So you're looking at about 240 people. We've got a few new projects in the pipeline, both in Cartoon Saloon and Lighthouse Studios. So um, we're hoping that we will have a pool of creative talent to be able to pull from and kind of recruit as many po- as possible. Like some of the departments are going to be doubling. There's going to be new feature films going to be started, things like that, and new TV shows. So we will need a lot of new talent to come in. That's the hope. How's the world? Future releases include Wolf Walkers when all eyes will be on the Oscar nominations yet again. And there was more success for the company with the inclusion of the breadwinner on The Guardian's 25 best films for children's list. Is it a happy story or a sad story? Just wait and see. Thanks to Edwina Grace for that report, which wraps up uh, the bottom line on KCLR for this week. Thanks to all the guests on the programme and to everyone at KCLR who's helped me put the programme together. This bottom line, which is, of course, brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley, is available on podcast. And if you happen to be listening on podcast, you can hear it next Saturday morning, just after the nine o'clock news here on KCLR. I'm John Purcell, thanking you for listening. I'll be back next Saturday morning. If you'd like to contact the programme, you can email us at thebottomline at kclr96fm.com. Until next week, goodbye. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie